Welcome to the Known Parent Podcast. This podcast is presented to you by your friends at LifeWay Student Ministry. We want to help you lead your teenagers to know God, own their faith, and make their faith known. You can learn more about LifeWay Student Ministry at www.lifeway.com students. Your hosts for the Known Parent Podcast are Rick Paul and Mike Wakefield from Student Ministry Publishing at LifeWay. Rick has a son and daughter in college, and Mike has a daughter in college and a son in high school. In addition to being parents of teenagers, both Rick and Mike have experience in student ministry, church staff ministry, and ministry through student ministry publishing. Let's join Rick and Mike as they share their experiences related to the topic for parents and teenagers addressed in this month's known study. Welcome to another episode of our Known Parent Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Prawl. I've got Mike Wakefield down at the other end of the table. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, Rick. Good. Hey, Mike, uh, why don't you introduce our uh, guest, get him going here today. All right. Uh, we are so excited to have mm-hmm. Stephen Fancher in the studio with us today. Stephen works with us. And Steve, why don't you just tell us a little bit who you are, what what do you do here for uh, Lifeway, and a little bit about your family. Okay. My name is Steve Fancher, and I'm a husband to Carol, and I have two stepsons, Kevin and Ryan. They're 22 and 20, and I've got a daughter who's 12, Olivia. And so I've been working here for Lifeway for about six years now as a performance analyst, and so I kind of do the financial budgeting and all that kind of work around here. But it's been a great place to work, and I've just uh, really been enjoying working with uh, people of integrity and uh, people who just love to serve God. So it's good to be here. Well, good. We're glad you're here, man. We're, uh, we have got some difficult issues to talk about today. <laughs> as, you know, as we look over the spectrum of things that we talk about with known, um, this one is, is going to be tough to talk about, but it's right where our kids are at. Um, the, the parents, the title of this unit is Difference Makers, and it's all about making a difference in our world in a lot of the social situations that we see. Uh, we're talking about things with your students this month. Um, our session titles are Social Ills and the idea of why should we care about social issues. Talking about helping others, why should we help the poor, marriage by design. The question there is why is same-sex marriage such a big deal? And then racial lines, why is racism wrong? And so we're talking about some big deals, all these social things put together, then poverty, uh, homosexuality, gay marriage, and racism. So easy topics. Yeah, um, boy. <laughs> I'm sure these open up plenty of uh, fun discussions at home. So, you know, as we get going with this, you know, I sometimes we can just get overwhelmed with the amount of things that are bombarding our homes through mm-hmm. television, through movies, all these social issues, not just these three that we're talking about, but so many other things. I just was reading in um, Time Magazine uh, this morning that, you know, Jack Kevorkian has passed away, and uh, I think I missed that on the news somewhere. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that whole, you know, the whole topic of, you know, euthanasia and, you know, assisted suicide and all that stuff. I mean, there are a bunch of social issues out there. Where do we even begin as parents to begin to talk about these things with our kids? Well, I mean, it's it's right up front. I mean, they're they're dealing with it every day. They see it. I think if we look back at, in the days that we were growing up, we probably were sheltered a little bit just because, you know, we didn't have such access to everything. But our students know about everything now. I mean, yeah. they've got their <laughs> smartphones. They've got their uh, I, whatever, you know, I mean, they can, they, they know things immediately. And so they're very well aware of the social issues that are out there and they're weighing in on them. I mean, my son, uh, you know, junior, senior now in high school, 
uh, comes in a lot of days from school and talking about, hey, we talked about this at, in class today. We talked about this, and it'll be about some social issue. Mm. So they are confronted with it every day. So if we're not the ones, if we aren't proactive as parents, you know, talking about uh, biblical worldview and how we feel about these things, then they're gonna they're gonna talk about it. And they're gonna get that information from somewhere. Yeah, mm. yeah. Stephen, what about you from your parenting perspective? Well, I heard a couple of things that Mike said that I'd just like to really emphasize is is an awareness. I think it's very important for us parents to be aware of of uh, the things that uh, our our teenagers are facing every day in public schools. You know, these social ills and and uh, these hot button topics that everybody that everybody's facing nowadays, we have to be aware about not only what the world says about these things, but what God says about them too. Uh, I had the privilege of going to a Union University, and we just had a, a biblical ethics class, and and uh, it was just echoed in there every time that uh, that uh, people are just kind of ignorant to some of these things about what the world is trying to do to our kids and to our families in a public school setting, but they're also kind of ignorant about what the Bible says about these hot-button topics. And so awareness and knowledge, I think, are, are essential in, in, in order to be uh, someone who can have a good influence uh, with our kids and, and when they're facing such these things. Sure. You know, as I'm looking at this, too, you know, I'm thinking, guys, that, you know, some parents are probably listening to this, to the, you know, picking this up and thinking, well, why are you guys even talking about, you know, poverty and homosexuality and, and racism in Bible study? You know, what's the point with all that? It's really addressed in that first Bible study session with, that we're doing with your students, this whole question of why should we even care about social ills? Because Jesus told us that as Christians, we're to be salt and light, and that's in our world. But I think for parents as well, I mean, we are we are called, if you go back to Deuteronomy 6, which we do often in this parent podcast and parent mm-hmm. ministry, that that God has given us as parents, has ordained for us the task of mentoring, raising our kids, imparting spiritual truth to them. And that begins at home, and we are to be salt and light, not just in our workplace and and in our communities, but in our home with our kids as they're dealing with these difficult topics and begin to share with them, you know, Scripture. And I think, Mike, it, it comes back to something that we've talked about over and over again that comes back to as parents, we need to have some some dedicated time that we sit down and discuss and read scripture and mm. pray with our kids but we also need to have those intentional conversations that we talk about all the time and that we're going to talk about again today of of sitting down and intentionally sharing biblical guidelines and teachings with our kids about these topics um for a Absolutely. lot of parents, though, they're going to be looking at this thinking, man, this is tough. Yeah. Why, why are these things so difficult for us to talk about? Well, I think one of the things is that we live in a real gray world, uh, and our world, our, our society wants to gray everything up to say, well, is that really wrong? It's not really wrong. It's that, that kind of relativism that we live in mm-hmm. that, you know, that we get fed from the media, from, you know, all kinds of different areas. And I'm just thinking, you know, I was just sitting there thinking as you're talking, you know, if I'm as a, if I as a parent don't, don't stand up or we don't sit down together and say, this is what scripture says. This is the absolute truth. This is what God says about this. Then where are they? They're not going to pick that up. They're just not right. going to pick that up. They're going to pick up what the world is saying is that, well, you know, it might be right for this person. It might be wrong for this person, you know, in this situation. So we are the ones that are tasked to say, no, this is, as Stephen said a minute ago, this is what God's word says about this. And we're going to have to be intentional about that. Mm-hmm. We can't just hope that our kids get it, right? Mm-hmm. you know, because there's too many other messages out there that, like I said, are just graying thing, watering things down. 
the world is not going to, they're not going to talk about absolute truth. We're going to have to be the ones that talk about absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And relativism is, is a moving target. Oh, yeah. And, um, but God calls us to stand fast on the foundational truths that he has set forth in his word. And so we have to be those parents who stand fast on God's word. You know, I go back to a phrase that I heard several years ago is that, you know, here's a, here's a foundational principle for, that, that I stand on, is that God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, I think that's kind of a little bit out of order because that kind of puts me in the middle in right. how I interpret truth. It should be God said it, that settles it, and then I stand on that, on that foundational truth then. And so I think that's important, to, especially in a world that wants to corrupt, mm-hmm. a world that wants to uh, – if you look at the devil's scheme, he seems to kind of twist and contort the truth a little bit, and then we kind of buy into that. And then he doesn't stop there, though. He, he takes us a little bit further and a little bit further. And I think if you look from, from the 60s to the, ni- the 1960s to 2000, we would be really shocked <laughs> about how far we've allowed our standards to slide and our values to slide and our morals to slide in this country. And so we have to, we have to remain stand, and stand fast on those foundational truths that, God's put, that God puts forth in his word. Well, and we have to have an understanding, too, you know, especially along kind of the lines that Mike was sharing, is that you know, our kids aren't going to get this absolute truth from, from television. I mean, ABC, NBC, CBS, I mean, they're not promoting biblical right. truth on every show that they promote. <laughs> Very few shows, you know, Fox, you know, all these different shows in the movies and the music they listen to, they're getting very little of this. And as parents, I mean, there's, there's like this big spectrum. We can like do nothing and just let our kids absorb everything that they see on television. Um, or we can go to the other end of the spectrum and just, you know, take televisions out of our home and our computers and everything else and, and, and do that. I think as we look at these sessions, though, what we're really called to do is, is how do we apply all these biblical principles and these truths in the world in which we live and help our students understand? For example, you know, when you're watching Glee, you know, one of the most popular television shows on television, and it's entertaining and they like the music and everything, but there are so many amoral and immoral things going on on that show mm-hmm. in the midst of all this entertainment it's couched in all that that it comes across as very normal and this is a part of society and how do you sit down with your kids and just say you know we've got a couple homosexual characters on here when we look at the scriptures that is contrary to what god's word's talking about and we're going to get into that here in one of these sessions but mm-hmm. i think that's the key is for us as parents is to help engage our students to engage their minds to get their minds to begin to think about okay I see this. How does this line up with what God's word says? Because that's what God has called us to do in the world and everything that we do is to, to balance everything in accordance to what we see in Scripture. What would Jesus do? Go ahead. I think also, Rick, I think part of it is not just that we teach them the truth. We've got to teach them the truth, but we have got to be able to help them be able not only to know the truth, but to stand up for the truth. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we live in that world where right is wrong and wrong is right. And if you believe what is right as what we see, God, then you're kind of looked at as being ignorant or, mm. you know, you're, you're, you're the stupid one or you're the bigot or whatever it is. You know, you're wrong to believe that way. And so there is such pressure on our students and on all of us to just conform. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I, I saw a couple of things uh, just to, as an illustration of this. I was reading, I guess it was just yesterday, talking about. Um, some of the polling that's done about uh, homosexual marriage, how people feel about that. 
the discrepancy that if I call you, like if it, if it's a call, a calling survey, and I were to call you and say, you know, do you believe in homosexual marriage or, you know, same-sex marriage or whatever, you're more apt to agree with my point than if it's just an automated recording. Mm-hmm. If it's an automated recording, I don't mind really saying what I believe, but if I have to tell you that I'm more willing, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to be looked at. I want to conform to whatever the side is that you're, you know, you're promoting yeah. and the difference in that polling. And so we've got to be able to say to our students, look, here's the truth. But here you've got to be able to stand up for that. And the other illustration really quick is that uh, just in the past couple of weeks for my son, who who is uh, doing an internship in a nonprofit here in our town, um, they were doing an agree disagree. The, he, he's one of five interns, uh, high school kids, five interns, and they were doing an agree disagree uh, kind of thing, you know, this, here's this question. Do you agree down on this side of the room? Do you disagree down on this side of the room? Well, one of the questions was, or one of the statements was same sex marriage, you know, should be legalized. Well, he said, dad, I was the only guy hmm. who stood there. The other four went to the other side and he told his mom, you know, I really was tempted just to go with them hmm. just so I wouldn't be different, but I just couldn't do that. Right. You know? So I was ter- incredibly proud of him, yeah. you know, for, for doing that, but that's what they're facing. You know, do I want to, do I want to stand up for the truth and look, you know, be out of here by myself or do I want to conform? I think that's a real tough thing. And, and some of that is, is and for us as parents, uh, Trisha and I as parents, is just praying that he would be not only know the truth, but he would be bold yeah. to be able to stand for the truth. Well, and I think as parents, we have the responsibility too then to point out and help our students see other people that are doing that. Um, you know, we had a great opportunity as parents this season, if you're watching American Idol, to really point out folks that were standing up for their beliefs. Um, you know, Jacob Lusk on the show, um, you know, grew up singing in church and singing gospel and Christian stuff. And um, one week they were asking him to sing, you know, the the song, Let's Get It On. And he said, you know, I just, I'm not comfortable singing that. That's not who I am. And, and I choose not to sing that song. And that he took a dip in the voting as a result of that, but he stood for his values. And the winner this year, um, you know, Scotty um, wore an I Am Second bracelet. Every show was prominent, had a cross around his neck, and was very vocal about his faith. Um, Saw, you know, when he won, you know, he gave credit to to God who allowed him to be able to be there. And even saw a thing at at a a Disney deal that he was doing and was singing his new signal um, and talking about that, you know, the song could talk about, you know, the love that a, a man has for a woman or a, a child has for a parent. He says, but for me, the song is all about, you know, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love he has for me. And so he's very vocal about standing up for the truth. And I think those are good examples to point out for our kids as we right. go through these kind of these units there. Hmm. Well, let's talk about these three big topics this month and talk about for parents. How do we even talk about these things? For example, poverty. Why should we help the poor? How do we as parents talk to our kids about poverty and even model for them some biblical examples? Well, I think if you look at the life of Jesus, he was, he was constantly engaging the world. He was holy. He was set apart. He was different. He was called by God to, uh, to save the world from their sins. And here's God on, you know, in, in the flesh reaching out to the, to the poor of the world. And uh, and so he calls all of his disciples, followers of his, to also engage the poor, to meet their needs, to provide for them. And I think that just being a follower of Christ, uh, we need to engage the poor in yeah. the same way. Sure. I love that phrase, engage the world, you mm-hmm. know, because and sometimes when we say the poor, then we have in our mind, we kind of. Oh, these kind of people, you know, but that's a whole, that's a whole realm of people. And I love that just helping, as Stephen said, just 
helping our students, our, our, our teenagers, have that heart to engage the world, whatever the needs may be. You know, whether it's the poor in Africa and you're on a mission trip or whether it's the homeless guy downtown Nashville, you know, how do we help those people and how do we have a heart to do that or a heart broken? And I think, Rick, we talked about this before, that we don't look at those people as just projects. Well, here's right. our mission project, mm-hmm. you know, but this is the way to, to to share my love for Christ and of Christ by doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think it's it's real important to, to help our kids see that, you know, regardless of our home situations, you know, uh, you know, our kids probably think that, you know, man, we're poor. To everybody else, we're poor. And, and <laughs> yeah, help them exactly. understand is like, no, we're, we are not poor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're trying to budget our money. We're trying not to live beyond our means. Um, and for some families, that could be more of a struggle. And some of you are probably facing real struggles. But mm-hmm. when you look in reality compared to the world, and we've got some stats in the material your students are going to look at. We reference uh, the book Radical by David Platt um, from time to time in this unit as well. Um, and the statistics that, you know, 80% of the world lives on less than $2 a day. I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about poverty. And, and how do we begin to have a heart for that and begin to see the bigness of that? I think that challenges us as parents to begin to wrestle with some of those things. Um, I know in my own life, it's, it's been a, a challenge and a wrestle as I've read through that book and try to implement some of those things and become more aware of of poverty around the world and even in our, in our community. Um, you know, I've had opportunity to, to try to build some connections with some homeless guys and, and, and it is a relationship, Mike. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, walking out and, you know, giving them a dollar or two, but, you know, providing a meal from time to time, sitting and engaging him in conversation, getting to know him by name. Um, and, and being able to, to tell my kids, say, Hey, I had an opportunity to, to visit with Michael today. And, you know, this is what we talked about, and and they know who I'm talking about when I talk about that. So, um, beginning to put some of these things into practice, but it's tough when we're talking about poverty, um, and and helping our kids, who granted have a whole lot less money than we do. How do we help them help the poor and have a heart for that? Well, I think you're talking about. I mean, what you said, Rick, is just modeling that. You're modeling that for for your family. Um, taking advantage of opportunities through our church. Most, you know, we're involved in churches that are, have opportunities to minister to the poor. We do room at the end in our church, you know, those kinds of things, you know, being able to just find opportunities and take advantage of those opportunities to uh, engage the world again, engage yeah. the, those, those folks. And mm-hmm. not just a one-time kind of a thing as well. Right. I mean, we did, you know, this year at Christmas, we've mentioned before that, you know, we took our family and went down to the Nashville, Nashville rescue mission and, and served breakfast uh, for a bunch of guys for you know, hundreds of guys that were there. Mm-hmm. That was a powerful thing for our kids. But if it's just a one-time thing, it's not as powerful as if we do this on a regular basis and keep that before them. So, yes. Yes. And we had the opportunity to go to Salvation Army this past Christmas and, and, and get involved with the angel tree and just uh, working in the warehouse and, and handing out gifts to the people who, who came there that couldn't afford to, to you know, buy gifts for their, their families and stuff. And so I think it's a blessing that a lot of people miss out on and a, one that you can't really experience until you just take a step of faith and begin to do something for the poor. Uh, I love that uh, phrase, uh, that verse in the Bible. It says, with whatever measure you meet, it shall be measured unto you again. So here's God's promises that if as you pour out and as you give yourself sacrificially to meet the needs of the poor, God is faithful to pour back into you so you can do it all over again. And it's just a wonderful experience uh, of God's joy, his divine joy that he gives you. 
as a, as a result of that obedience. But it's something you can't really experience until you just take that step of faith and do, right. do it. That's right. Well, the, the next big topic in this whole unit is, is why is same-sex marriage such a big deal? Man, our kids are getting hammered with this mm-hmm. everywhere we turn that, that it's becoming. And part of this question, I think, could be from the standpoint of, well, why is it such a big deal? I mean, it's, it's normal, isn't it? Because that's what we see in media, on television, everywhere else. I think from a parent standpoint, again, we have to come back to Scripture and, and answer, well, why is this a big, a big deal? And, and for me, it's not so much the, the you know, being militant about it and saying, you know, da-da-da. But in love, just sharing, okay, this is what Scripture says. As we read these verses, what do you see here in these verses? And here's what Jesus meant. Here's what the gospel writers meant. Here's what Paul meant as he's writing these things. And it's, I mean, as you look at Scripture, it's pretty black and white, and it is a big deal mm-hmm. when you're looking from God's point of view. How do we engage our kids in these conversations that, granted, are uncomfortable? I mean, it's uncomfortable to sit down and talk to your kids about homosexuality <laughs> and gay marriage and everything that's going on. Hmm. Yeah, I, um, and I, I think you're right, Rick. I think we, we, we've got to realize that, you know, I, I think if we were to take a poll of our of our kids that are on, who come to our church on Sunday, I think we would like to think that every one of them would go, oh, yeah, well, I know this is wrong. But I think because they're so bombarded with it and they see it so much in the media and it's so accepted that I think that we would have a lot of our kids who are some of our core kids who are there on every Sunday who would go, well, yeah, it's not really wrong, though. You know, it's this and that. And, it's a, it, again, it's just one of those situations where, Satan has has worked, you know, to to gray down and to water down the truth, and we're we're going to have to talk about it again. As we said earlier, we're going to have to talk about it because the messages they're getting are, are not the truth, and so even though it may be tough to talk about, we got to talk about. It. And there are plenty of opportunities, and it's yeah. like we've talked about before. It's not a matter of okay, you know, at that breakfast you go, okay, tonight at seven we're going to sit down and talk about same sex marriage, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. But there are plenty of topics. I mean, just open the newspaper, especially now as we're getting toward, uh, you know, election year. That's going to be a hot topic, I'm sure. You know, there are always court cases about it. The ACLU, whoever's put st- so there are plenty of chances to say, hey, did you see in the news this right here? Let's talk about it as a family you know i think there's just a lot of opportunities for us to to use those teachable moments to yeah. say here's the truth of what god says mm. and i think the world is relentless at this yeah. you know uh, i heard rick say activists and they sure are they are very active politically uh, socially in trying to promote a, an agenda that is in opposition to god's word mm. and so we have to be as relentless and as active in in standing for what is right in regard to this because Again, it's that slippery slope that I referred to before. It's like it just seems like we've got, we've come such a long way in allowing this this lifestyle to be accepted within our society, and uh, so we have to be people of truth and people of faith that are willing to stand on what God says about how relationships should be. Don't quote me on this, Rick, but it in reading yesterday in that article I referred to earlier about the polling thing. The, the group that they see the most traction in who are accepting same-sex marriage is that 15 to 30 years yeah. old mm-hmm. is the young, younger generation. Well, mm-hmm. and I would say that's because of just the bombardment in media mm-hmm. that 
to make this seem so mainstream and so normal when in reality, and we've got some stats in our material that your students will look at and, and some maps and some charts and everything on there. But in reality, I mean, we're talking about 4% of the population. Right. And if you get into some major areas like San Francisco and some of the other major metropolitan areas, it can go up to 8%. But still, I mean, still 8% of the population. I mean, mm-hmm. it is not a majority, but when you look at television and programming and media and movies, I mean, it's, over 50% of our programming, you know, is involved with homosexuality and gay marriage and, and same-sex relationships, mm-hmm. you know, even on HGTV, and they're talking about, you know, all these house hunters and stuff, and it's, it's you know, two guys getting a house together, two ladies, and it, it is everywhere. It's so pervasive. The point in this session, parents, as we're talking about with your students in that week of Bible study is that... You know, why same-sex marriage is such a big deal is because it goes against God's design. It goes against God's design for marriage when he said it's a husband and a wife. He said a man and a woman shall leave their mothers and fathers and and become one. And so God ordained marriage as a husband and a wife. Um, It goes against God's design for sex. I mean, and I've got a degree in biology, and it's very easy for me to talk about all of that with my kids. Um, And we could just launch into a whole discussion here. But... Physically, the way the bodies are designed and anatomy, God designed a man and a woman for a sexual relationship, not a man and a man mm-hmm. um, or a woman and a woman. I mean, God designed a man and a woman with a sexual relationship in mind. And so, I mean, that's part of his design. And I think a lot of times, Mike and Stephen, we we come across oftentimes as Christians, as, as I think you mentioned bigots, and it's like, well, you know, you're just a Christian. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's looking at God's Word, and, and it just it makes sense. When I, when I even step away from God's Word and look at a man and a woman anatomically from a biological standpoint and physically and the way they were created, it just makes sense. I mean, when you look at a man and a man, it just doesn't make sense. Let alone that from a Christian standpoint, for me, that is repulsive, but just from a biological standpoint, it doesn't make sense. And so you look at it and say, that doesn't work. must be a bigger picture here that I'm not looking at. And it comes back to God, that God designed our relationship to be a husband and a wife. Um, And it is a difficult topic. Parents, we have given you some help talking about these questions as well as these other sessions. Uh, if you go to our website, lifeway.com slash known, and if you'll look for our um, our parent ministry resources and look for the parent mini- parent ministry plan and our questions related to difference makers, we're going to provide you six or eight questions, especially this week, on how to engage your students in conversations related to this topic. Um, it is a tough topic. We realize that. We realize as parents you're looking for some help, so we're going to provide that for you. And let us say on the front end, for Mike and I and for Stephen, this topic isn't any easier for us to talk about with our kids than it is for you. I mean, it's tough, um, but it's a really important topic to have to talk about. The last one that we're talking about in this unit with your kids, the last big question is, why is racism wrong? What do you guys think about that? How do you talk about that with your kids? Well, I think we, you know, it's a, it's a little different situation, uh, how I really want to say this, but... I mean, my son goes to, he goes to school with the world now. Right. I mean, you know, uh, and I think this is, a, and, I, and I think I hope that we came across in this lesson and we want to make sure that we come across, this is not just a black, white issue. Right. There's right. all kinds of racism and prejudice out there. Uh, and when we talk about races, I mean, we've got plenty, you know, I mean, he goes to school with African-Americans, with Hispanics, with Asians, 
you know, so there are plenty of different races out there, that kind of thing. But it's, you know, racism and prejudice gets into the thing. You know, I can have racial prejudice. You know, I can have prejudice against you because, you know, you're a different um, socioeconomic level, that kind of thing. So we have to be careful about that to, to say, you know, I can't just say, well, you know, I love you know African-Americans, so I don't have any problem with racism. You know, it's just a bigger picture than that. And we have to talk about it in that in the bigger picture way. God has given the United States uh, the opportunity and the privilege to becoming a melting pot. And so there's people from all over the world that come here and of different race, different backgrounds, uh, different socioeconomic levels. And, and, but we, we as, a, as a nation of Christians have the opportunity to witness, witness to all, um, a wide variety of different people from sure. all over the world. And I think that's, a, and that's an awesome privilege. And I think that uh, we have to be careful that we don't prejudge those people or stereotype them uh, based on the color of their skin or where they come from and everything, but just see them as God sees them as those who are created in his image. And um, being image bearers, uh, they are precious in God's sight, mm-hmm. and uh, God desires to have a relationship with them, and we get to share that relationship that we have with God with them. And so I, just, I think we just kind of need to see people as God sees them. Well, and I think out of these topics, this one is a, another one of those big ones that as parents we have a big responsibility in this of of either promoting an ongoing thought of racial prejudice thoughts or counteracting that and and engaging our kids with what you said, Stephen, that everyone is created in God's image and, and he sees everyone the same. We may all look a little bit different, but that doesn't make us different on the inside that God has created us. And to and to look for opportunities, you know, different places of the country, that's easier. When I was in Southern California with our kids at our church, I mean we had the world in our church, and it was easy to worship and relate. And my kids grew up in, in that environment, and and it's very easy for them to relate to, to anybody, uh, people of all different kinds of, of backgrounds. Um, we find now in, in different parts of the country that some of our churches are, are more ethnically centered in one area, um, but to look for look for diversity. I think another thing that we've talked about before for parents is to engage your kids in opportunities to get to go and do things that interact with other folks, mm-hmm. um, you know, take them on mission trips, international trips, um, take them down to, you know, rescue missions and Salvation Army and, and look for opportunities. Again, not, as you said, Mike, not to be a project. It's like, okay, we're going to go have mm-hmm. a racial project today. You know, that's not what we're talking about. It's it's a, an understanding that, man, everybody's creating God's image. We need to learn how to get along with everyone and, and work past some of those issues. Um, I knew from, I know for me growing up, you know, I grew up, you know, in the late 60s and 70s and, you know, watching All in the Family and Archie Bunker. And you talk about, you know, typical, you know, you're racist, that stereotype. And that was pervasive in our homes. We're watching that on television. It was almost like they're making fun of all that and trying to, to counter that. But we we also have the opportunity now, especially in media, that it is easy to talk about racial issues as you're watching media, um, I mean, mm-hmm. there's lots of things out there to talk about to provide opportunity for that. I think it really just comes back to engaging our kids um, in that process. But you're right, Mike. Um, you know, our kids, when they're going to school, wherever, wherever they're going to school, I mean, they are interacting with all kinds of folks. And yeah. that's an important aspect of being able to how, how to handle those relationships. Yeah, I'm going to pick up on a couple of things you said, Rick. I mean, they're going to get their understanding about racial prejudice from us. 
I mean, I think about, you know, generations past behind me and some of the, the prejudice that was carried because I grew up in the South. Right. So there was definitely some, you know, some prejudice there and, and having to overcome that and, you know, hearing that take place, you know, uh, in, uh, you know, generations past, you know, so, you know, I learned, but, but thankfully I had parents that, you know, did teach me the word of God and stuff. So, but they're going to know, they're going to pick that up from you. Um, and, and one other thing that you said, and, and I'm go back to this, uh, this experience that my son is having this summer, um, because he is in a situation in this, uh, internship that he's with pretty much surrounded by, you know, African-American students, you know, he's the only white guy around, you know? And so he's like, you know, dad, I, he said, I, I came the other day I, when I first got there, I was like, Oh, I'm going to have a hard time relating to these students. And he said, immediately my mind went to, well, it's because they're black and I'm white. That's why we're going to have right. He said, but that wasn't it. It's just because I didn't know them. Mm. But once I got to know them, then everything was fine. Yeah. And I thought that was a, just a huge statement to come from him. Uh, and that's what we said is that, you know, engage the world. I just love that phrase that Stephen talked about earlier, just engaging the world, just being willing to open your heart mm. to get to know people and understand where they are and who they are. And then, you know, then they don't become just a project, right. Rick. You know, yeah. they don't, you know, they, uh, they have a heart and a name and a face and they become precious to you just as they are to God. Yeah. yeah. Well, parents, as we're wrapping this one up, uh, I just want to encourage you. Uh, part of the thing that we're trying to communicate, especially the leaders leading this Bible study, but for you as parents, is that one of the, the best things that you can do is come back to Scripture when you're dealing with these issues. And if if you're not sure what Scripture says about a topic, sit down with your kids and say, man, Let's take a look and see what the Bible says about same-sex marriage, about poverty, about about you know racism, about some of these other social things. Let's see if there's a clue in God's Word about how we should handle that. It's a great way to get in discussion with your kids and to, to walk through that. I think also as parents, to help your kids understand that, yeah, I'm struggling with some of these issues myself. Let's walk through this together. I don't have all the answers. I want to try to find the answers in, in God's Word. I do want to, again, point you back to our website, lifeway.com slash known. Uh, look for that link for our parent ministry resources. You'll be able to find some some helps, especially some questions to ask your students related to these topics um, on a week-to-week basis. Thanks for joining us this month. Uh, pick us up again next month as we get a brand new topic. Mm-hmm.